being indigenous on this council, it gives a, a sense of a fresh air to the community, knowing that we have diversity in this community that's being represented and the people who have not been represented before. Hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Thank you for joining us today. Miigwech for joining us. Native Lights is, at its foundation, a place for Native folks to tell their story. Each week, we have conversations with great guests, including language warriors, storytellers. The list goes on, and we're hearing about their gifts, how they realize them, and how they're sharing them with the community. That and a lot more. And we're continuing our mission to amplify Native voices today. So, Leah, what's going on? How are you doing? I heard you got your second vaccine dose. Yes, I got my second dose of Moderna. Completed the series. And I don't know what you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the positives was um, I got it through the Cass Lake IHS over at the Boys and Girls Club of Cass Lake. And it was super easy. Everybody was so pleasant and, you know, just like the first time I got my vaccine, just a really smooth process. Hats off to the good folks over there. Um, the downside was, of course, <laughs> my reaction. And, and I say downside very mm, loosely, <laughs> I suppose, or lightly, sure. maybe. Uh, I'm really grateful to have gotten the vaccine. And I really look forward to having some immunity. Uh, and it is worth the price of admission. <laughs> <laughs> I was very nauseous for about 36 hours, I want to say. Dang. And, you know, just sort of powered through. And um, here I am. I'm still alive. <laughs> As we discussed in the last episode, I was just about to get my vaccine. And I did that. And it was, you know, the same kind of experience for the first dose. Not not the side effect stuff, but like just, you know, with the ease of like going through the line and just getting it done very well. I was at the Hinkley Grand Casino and they have a very good operation up there. Nice. See? So, yeah, this episode is going to be, uh, you know, kind of geared towards, uh, you know, public service and, uh, you know, helping out your community, you know, directly uh, in public office. And I was just curious, you know, your thoughts on more Native voices getting involved in politics and... I know we just recently had Deb Haaland, you know, confirmed as the Interior uh, Secretary for the United States, which was a big, a big deal. But you know, just curious. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Native folks more and more getting into office and helping to raise voices of our communities. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how you do it, just like with so many other things. I think it's amazing what people can do, um, and really. Uh, really appreciate that. It's really heartening to see more Native folks in office. Exactly. And What do you think, Cole? I find it very admirable to get up and, you know, actually represent people in a, mm -hmm. in a public space. And, uh, and just like all that comes with it, you know, having to you know, speak directly with constituents and making speeches and things like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know I couldn't do it. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm getting... That's what it's getting down to right here. Yeah, it's a heavy gig. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm really excited to meet our guest today. Yeah, uh, in today's episode, as we've mentioned, we'll be touching on subjects of uh, public service, you know, finding your calling and building a you know, more diverse community you know, around you and things like that. So I'm very excited to talk with our uh, guest today, who is Daniel Jordan. Awesome. Uh, Daniel Jordan is uh, from the Red Lake Nation. He's also an employment specialist with the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe. He is uh, Bemidji's new city council member for the at-large seat and is the second indigenous voice on the city council next to Audrey Thayer. He's been a Bemidji resident for over six years and a Beltrami County resident for over 30 years and can't wait to hear his story today. And here he is. Boujou, Daniel. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Cool. How's it going? Uh, up here, it's going a little good. And it's always uh, a mixture of good stuff. Of, I don't know. And what's going to happen the next day up here? <laughs> so <laughs> other than that, we're, we're doing pretty good up this way. Good, good. Well, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm Leah. And okay. Cole and I are siblings, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> okay. So can you please start by introducing yourself and where you're joining us from? Sure, bonjour, Anishinaabeg Niji. So I'll put it, Megizi Ains, Indigenous Cause, Makwadu Dame, Esquawe Zoge, Ganeg, and Dunji, Bamidji, Jigamak, and Dunjaba. So what I do is in my culture, I do identify myself in my Native American name, my first name, and my clan, and also my tribal nation I'm affiliated with, which is the Red Lake Nation, uh, Red Lake, Minnesota. I uh, currently reside in Bemidji, Minnesota. And right now I'm at work in Castle Lake, Minnesota. So, Very good. Uh, so how are you and your family doing during the pandemic? Well, it's uh, it's quite interesting. I, I know when the pandemic first happened, it's, it's something that all of us, uh, we never imagined would happen and the way it did and the way it played out. But when myself, uh, we actually were uh, contracted with COVID, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, being in a public and public settings, we tried to limit some things, but it, it's it's a very real deal that's going on in the community still. Uh, we do take uh, this pandemic very serious in our family. Uh, my father, who has been uh, prone with uh, medical issues, has been staying home, um, doing a lot of things. So we tried to isolate as much as we can, but you know, we still have to get necessities for groceries, items like that. So we still go out in the community, try to be safe and due diligence. And uh, it, it's it's quite funny because when you when you are doing your best uh, protecting yourself with PPEs and but you still contract it, it, it just goes to show that this virus is very easy contractable. And um, you know, it's it's a little unfortunate, but our family's doing good. We've been we've been working through some of the challenges and uh, whatever's to come forth, we have been um, invited to do the, the the Moderna vaccination. So we did the first process of that. And I believe most of our family has been getting the vaccination. So it's a step to see um, how the future will play out with this virus. And I hope that we do see the end of the tunnel coming up very soon. I, I'm, I'm very hopeful and optimistic that, you know, that we will get through this together. And it's, it's just going to take a lot of efforts to uh, limit some of the things we continue to do so we've been doing we've been doing okay guys it's good to hear it's good to hear good good well we're glad to hear that you know your family got through it okay so dan can you take some time to tell us about what you do like uh i heard you are 
uh, new city council member for the at-large seat. Can you tell us about that? Yes, it was interesting. Um, last year in July, the position was to be filed to fill. Uh, it was a gentleman by the name of Jim Thompson, who was a previous at-large of Bemidji City Council. And he stepped down due to medical reasons. He was getting a little uh, older in his age. I believe he's a little 80, a little bit over 80 in that, in that sense. So he stepped down and then therefore uh, the city council addressed it uh, to open up the position by vote. So we had some friends in the community. I wasn't too sure what I was going to do or make my step forward into the political realm. I did not know one bit what I was going to do. I, I keep telling my friends I'm very far from a political person. <laughs> I'm not a political person at all. And so I, I think one of the things is having good friends and mentorships uh, around me who were political people, were very interesting enough. And uh, we just made the step forward and uh, a lot of encouragement to say, you better take this position. I feel you'll do great. And I think it's from people believing in myself more than I did at the time. So I, I think I just took that step forward and uh, filed for the candidacy. And from that day on, we just hit the ground running in a sense, in a positive way. We didn't know which way we we're going to go. We didn't know how to really go about a campaign. We had a really good friend in Duluth. Uh, she's out on the Duluth City Council, who is uh, Renee Zanette. She's the president of the uh, Duluth City Council. So I had a lot of direction from her as to how to go about some things. So we moved forward and uh, we tried to do everything we could do in a positive way. And uh, everything just started coming together. I believe that, you know, once you share your voice, your truths, you speak directly from your heart. And then the people, it, it resonates with them. And they understand that someone one of the candidates want a better type of change for their community. And that's, I believe, what stood out big time. And uh, I was probably unknown to the community. And once we uh, moved forward with the political realm and campaigning, door knocking, wow, that was a lot of walking during um, the campaign, especially it was a special election during wintertime. Uh, the elections were February 9th. So we were out there campaigning 24 below, Wind chills were 30 below at times. We're still door knocking. And that commitment to, to, to try to change a community, to better a community, um, the people seen that. And I, I, I didn't take credit for it. I mean, I, I, as much as I want to give myself credit, but I, I just felt that, you know, it was something that I wanted to do and needed to do to better this community of Bemidji. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're hearing from Daniel Jordan, who is a Bemidji City Council member and employment specialist with the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe. So, uh, Daniel, I don't know much about what a city council member does. So one of my favorite characters, Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec, uh, famous city council member, but that's about my extent of knowledge about it. Uh, can you... Tell us a little bit about the role and responsibility of a city council member. Sure. Well, my position, it's the at-large position, which uh, is very similar to the mayoral position of Bemidji. So we serve all constituents in the city, which our city is roughly 15,000 members plus uh, community. So our sense, uh, there's five wards in Bemidji. We're, we represent all five wards. And uh, some of the things that we do is, uh, of course, we take uh, concerns from the constituents that are living in the city 
and try to address them to the council or whoever we need to refer them to for more assistance. Uh, like say, for instance, if it's an issue with housing, we try to reconnect them with uh, our housing developers are. And in the meantime, um, what we try to do at a city council level is try to change policy and uh, look at policies on how we can uh, better serve the people. And uh, some of these policies that we're looking at now, they're outdated from 2006 and 2011. So that means that our policies need a little more change. We, we don't want them to work against the people. We want them to work for the people. And we want the people to feel comfortable and try to do is um, talk to our council members and uh, our city manager and as to how we want to change these policies. And that gets developed through the work sessions. So we try to work around the work sessions on what we're going to put on the regular agenda. So policy changing, policy making, but you know that's something we're we're going to work on the best we can, and we just want our community to um, have a fair representation, if you will. So that's one of the things in my position is to uh, collaborate with the rest of the council members and say uh, what we need to and uh, how we need to go about some of the issues that we face. And you talked about you know uh, representing the people, working for the people. What is it like being on the you know, the city council as, as one of the indigenous voices on the council? Well, right now, um, when I first started attending the Bemidji City Council meetings back in January of 2020, I looked at the city council members and uh, they didn't look like me. Um, basically, I, I did not see anyone that identified me that, uh, were, that was sitting on the council. So I took an oath to myself to, to say, well, I would, I would, this city is very diverse, but the council members weren't speaking of diverse in the city, if that makes sense. So one of the things was um, I wanted to get involved more. I want to understand this more. I want to see how these work and how the, how the, some of the policies, some of the meetings play out. So in a sense, um, I just wanted to be a part of that change. I just wanted to do that. And um, being Indigenous on this council, it gives a, a sense of a fresh air to the community, knowing that we have diversity in this community that's being represented and the people who have not been represented before. Uh, one of my biggest platforms that I wanted to stress uh, while campaigning was bringing diversity to this community of Bemidji because diversity was, was never on the forefront. And I believe the people felt like they never had a chance or opportunity in this life to do good things such as have a good job or raise a family the way they wanted to. We wanted to bring this thing forward. We wanted to address some of these issues. We wanted to bring these guys' problems to the table and figure it out. One way to figure it out is just sit down with the rest of the council members and say, these are your constituents of the city as well. And we need, we need to make this happen. We need to make this a better place than what it is. We have an opportunity to make it better, and that's what we're going to do. So right now we're on the city council, and I believe that the constituents are finally being heard uh, to a certain level. And uh, that, those are the things that, that create small, cha uh, small change, and it creates a, a very positive wave in our community. Dan, did you have a particular experience, positive or negative, uh, in Bemidji that maybe ignited kind of an, a motivation to 
run for city council or to get into local politics? Well, I suppose, uh, Leah, that's a very good question. Um, some of the things that occurred in Bemidji, uh, Fort, um, it would be Beltrami County. We're surrounded in Beltrami County. So I don't know if many people are very familiar with the refugee vote that occurred in Beltrami County, which was, I'll put it as a very disgusting thing that happened. Um, and that kind of triggered um, a sense of, of guilt for me of being diverse myself and, you know, uh, myself being a, an accepting person to everybody, to anybody, anything. And once that refugee vote uh, passed through Beltrami County, I was living in Bemidji and I, I was heartbroken. I was, I was very in shock to hear those words that the refugee vote did not pass. And uh, maybe there was reasons, maybe those financial reasons, maybe there was other um, other reasons I did not understand, but in that sense of hearing the refugee vote, it it shocked me as a Native American and understanding where I come from and who the rest of the people around me, where they came from. It it was an educational piece that that's not understood in our city. It does not want to be heard. Um, I understand educating people in a sense of uh, treaty responsibilities is a huge thing here. And it does not want to be heard. And so those are some of the things we're trying to press is that educational piece on how, how to work with a treaty responsibility. And not only that, uh, if we were to make a refugee decision again, we need to just be more educated on these decisions and just come together and uh, find out what the difference is and how we can work together with those certain types of people. This is a diverse city. This is a diverse country for that matter. And we just need to put the differences aside of whatever it may be and uh, make, make it happen for everybody. That, that's my perspective on that. Yeah, it seemed like that the refugee resettlement and you know, voting, the, the way that vote went, uh, happened, when was that? Like early 2020, right? And then the pandemic came. So I felt like that was just sort of forgotten about. <laughs> you know, among the, the, the confusion of the pandemic starting up. So thanks for bringing that up. So you, uh, you mentioned, you know, getting diversity into the community and, you know, positivity, things like that. I was just curious about what other, you know, issues you're, you're most passionate about and things that you're working on. Uh, some of the things right now we've been working with some of the uh, bigger businesses in the area and trying to create jobs of diversity because, uh, some of these positions, they are working with a diverse community. And I feel that, you know, some of the constituents that are of color would prefer or feel more comfortable with someone that who may look like them, for instance, and do understand where they're coming from and how they're upbringing. Uh, in retrospective, um, we do have a lot of non-diverse boards in the city who really don't understand uh, some of the ways and some of the attributes that these people are coming from. So um, in, in that sense, we want to make a more diverse community any way we can. If, if that's helping our employers uh, create that, we want to do that. I, I don't believe it's ever been uh, pushed or pressed to a certain point. So, you know, make being the first to move this forward and, uh, you know, we, we just want to create that opportunity for other people in the city to uh, 
while we're moving forward. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're hearing from Daniel Jordan, who's a Bemidji City Council member and employment specialist with the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe. Dan, do you have any mentors that have helped you, inspired you along your journey to um, become a city council member and doing all the things that you do? There has been along the way. Um, there has been several of them that, that really do stand out. Um, one of my high school teachers from Red Lake, her name was Barb Booker. She already passed on into the spirit world, but in a sense of, you know, having that inspiring teacher who never gave up on you, who never uh, let you fail at anything. When you were, when you were having a hard time or a bad day in school, there was that one teacher who stood up and said, you, you can make this happen. Don't give up on yourself. And it's, it's so easy to give up. But then once you find out what the solution you're you're going to be okay. And she, she guided me in that sense. She's, she showed me what it took to prevail in high school. And, uh, and those are some of the memories that I'll cherish and always have with me. And not only that, when I, when I, when I got started in college a little later, there was a tribal college president who seen a lot in me more than I did. And she tried showing me a, a way to be more outspoken and how to be more talkative with the people. So her name was Ginny Carney. She's a tribal college president, former tribal college president who lives in uh, Cherokee, North Carolina as of now and retired. And God bless her soul. She's been an amazing uh, mentor for me along the way and uh, showing me a lot of things of, uh, of uh, how uh, Washington, D.C. is played out and how politics really happens. We did have an opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. and lobby in behalf of the tribal colleges. So I get a sense of that, meeting politicians and seeing how quick they do their work. And it's 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 an interesting route. <laughs> so there, there has been uh, other people that, along the way who have helped me as well. And I did mention the Duluth City Council President uh, Renee Vanette, who is also in my culture, uh, known as my sister. So she has been very helpful as well. So a lot, of, a lot of women who have been very helpful, and I believe that you know the women in our communities are are the backbone of uh, who we are, and uh, help just help out any way they can. And that's very, I'm very fortunate to have those uh, beside me in that sense. Great. Um... So uh, we were just speaking of mentors. Um, I was curious if you had any, you know, tips or uh, words of wisdom, you know, for those who are looking to get, you know, into public office or just, you know, in a position where they're, you know, representing the people or working for the people. Well, you know, I, I did talk about before um, my upbringing and how things happened and, you know, you didn't settle for the best jobs back in the day. And I understand it happens in the Native community because we accept what's happened in front of us and we have to take those things that are happened. But like in a sense, um, it, it shows you a different, it gives you a different meaning if you do not like a job or whatnot. It'll, it'll bring you down a different path. 
of, um, of what you really want to accomplish in your life and how you want to accomplish it. A lot of things that we have in Native community, especially uh, the reservations that I see around me, is uh, a sense of hopelessness, of people giving up. Um, if I were to say something to the people listening or someone out there, it's don't give up on yourself. It's so easy to give up and doubt yourself. And uh, everybody has a dream. Everybody has a goal. Everybody wants to do great things in life. I would say you can do possibly anything. It might sound cliche to say those things, but it's really true that you can do anything that you want, that you stick it to. And I would have to say that if you're going to do something, you give it your all and uh, don't ever give up. Don't ever let anybody discourage you. That's along the way, because when thing, when you see things happening in the community, there's, there's a different sense of uh, acceptance. And so what are you willing to accomplish? What are you willing to sacrifice and move forward with? And how is that going to help yourself? And how is that going to help your community? The ones that are, are suffering, the ones that who need a voice, how are you going to work with them? And what do you want to change with them? So in, in a nutshell, I would say never give up. Never give up your dreams. Never give up your aspirations. Never give up the good things that are happening uh, around you and uh, keep believing. Believe in yourself is the biggest thing. Some, at times you feel like you want to fail to yourself. And I felt that several times. It's You just have to believe in yourself and keep moving forward. So that would be my message is to never give up. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for that. Jimmy Gwaitch. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Gwaitch. And I, thank you for you know sharing your perspective with us today. We really appreciate it. No, thank thank you guys for reaching out. Thank you guys for uh, taking the time. And I understand that my time is somewhat constrained from things, but I'm always willing to. Uh, if if I have something to say or positive, then I I, I like things uh, that people reaching out and uh, getting to know who is who in the community. And um, I appreciate your guys' time as well. So yeah. thank you guys. Yeah, it was great getting in touch. And uh, don't be a stranger. <laughs> all right well we'll see you later okay. thank you very much Chimi Gwech thanks guys have a good day yeah. that's great love it yeah I feel like I always need that reminder to the whole like go after your dreams and don't um don't despair or even when you feel defeated you know you can take your time and still uh, take steps to move in the right direction i know sometimes um working you know doing what we do i feel like i really want to talk about everything all at once all the important issues right now it's a day <laughs> otherwise i'm not doing something right uh but you know little by little I think we'll get there. Um, yeah. I have to keep reminding myself of that, you know, because there's just a million things to talk about yeah. and I don't want to miss anything. So some days I feel like I'm not doing enough, but yeah. <sighs> got to look at the big picture. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Doodly -doo. Can't do everything, <laughs> sis. Come on now. Do everything now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you to Daniel Jordan. Yes. Thank you. 
Uh, Daniel Jourdain is a Bemidji City Council member and employment specialist with the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabamen. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you want to hear more Native folks talking about their gifts and finding their purpose, search for Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, wherever you find podcasts, and find all of Minnesota Native News' content at minnesotanativenews.org. Thank you.